0: We're hearing
1: this morning again from a letter that Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Again, I'd like to comment a little bit about the Ephesians, only because, uh, first of all, Paul knew these people very well, even though they were on the other side of the Adriatic from where he at his uh, efforts, but he had visited them many times and he knew them fairly intimately. The other thing about those Ephesians is they lived as a small group of Christians, probably worshipping in someone's home or maybe a community center like we have here, surrounded in that community by magnificent Roman temples Uh, that had been erected to the ruling uh, religions of that time which uh, were fading from fading from the world so listen for this a word from God be careful then how you live not as unwise people but as wise making the most of time Because the days are evil, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be God.
0: That was a short reading from Ephesians compared to the other ones I heard. <laughs> and my reflection is going to be short too. We have communion today. So So, in a broad sense, today's reading is quite clear. First, the author cautions his audience to live not unwise, foolish lives with senses that are dulled by excess. But instead, he urges them to be wise people and for them to praise the Lord through singing, and that's it. seems to be always saying. The other little thing is, I don't know if you picked up there's an end time sort of quality to it. Be cautious, for the times are evil. So it seems like a very simple reading. However, living wisely and singing thanksgiving to the Lord are important aspects of living a Christian life that aren't so quickly dismissed. Now, if we're paying attention to the headline these days, we know that wisdom seems to be in short supply. There's a lot of unwisdom. Individually, and more importantly, when considering this passage, it's unwisdom that is collective. Because our author is referring to wisdom, not necessarily individual wisdom, but collective wisdom. Wisdom that is a collective attribute. He says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, as collective, but as wise people together. Now, the Bible has plenty to say about wisdom, and the book of Proverbs has a wonderful image of wisdom as a female standing by the gates outside of a town, and she cries out her principles. She speaks, wisdom speaks, what is right, true, and righteous. She has strength and insight. She gives good advice. She she causes rulers to rule with righteousness and justice so truth strength insight good counsel righteousness justice wisdom encompasses all of this and more and then further as our author mentions foolishness proverbs casts wisdom with foolishness and proverbs portrays foolishness against as again as a woman and an ignorant woman She's trying to lure simple people into her home, which is inhabited by the dead. She peddles in lies. Stolen water is sweet, her voice calls out. And bread eaten in secret is pleasant. And the book of Ecclesiastes says, wisdom is as good as an inheritance. Wisdom gives life to all who possess it. Now, we tend to think of wisdom as originating in our minds and in our lived experience, but the Bible portrays wisdom as springing from God. Proverbs, again addressing wisdom, says, Fear and reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God is the beginning of wisdom. God is our anchor point for wisdom. It doesn't come out of only our minds, only out of our lived experience. And then when speaking of foolishness, this is also connected to God. Psalm 24 begins, fools say in their heart, there is no God. So wisdom and God are tightly linked. Now, to move to the second part of today's reading, the writer urges early churches to be filled with the Spirit. And how do we fill ourselves with the Spirit? 2,000 years ago, the author encouraged those early Christians to sing together. And Paul's letters are punctuated by doxologies, hymn fragments, and references to the practice of singing in communities of worship. Centuries after Paul wrote, St. Augustine observed that whoever sings, prays twice. So ever since the first days of the newly forming Christian community,
1: we have
0: been singing and praising God in song together. And for some of us, there's hardly a better way to be filled with the Spirit than to sing with others. And for some, singing actually is the highlight of the worship service. And you may know that the psychological benefits of singing in community are well documented. Yet Ephesians doesn't urge singing collectively just any type of music. The writer urges the singing of spiritual songs and hymns, not just anything. And further, the author doesn't just encourage us to sing, for example, to our neighbors. Who does it encourage us to sing to? Ourselves. Ourselves, to fill ourselves with the Spirit, and yes, to the sing, sing, sing praises and thanks to God. To God. You see, singing hymns and sacred songs spiritually forms and transforms us. Singing hymns and sacred songs forms us and transforms us, not only individually, but collectively as a community. Singing hymns together forms and transforms our faith in God, and it also reflects our theology. Take a moment to think about your favorite hymn or song that we sing in worship. So, whether you're aware of it or not, I'd say it's probably a favorite hymn or song because it speaks to your theology, your understanding, and your belief about God, or to your spirituality, your experience of God. And not only does it speak to you, at the same time it has been spiritually and theologically shaping, forming, and transforming you. I emailed a few of you this week to ask what hymns and songs you think have been favorites for Spirit of Peace. I learned that in the early days of your community, worshippers sang This is the day at the beginning of every worship song. Think about how singing this song formed and transformed your early congregation and think how it reflected your theology. Do you all know it? This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. That is a spiritual statement. That is a theological statement. And I know that it shaped and formed this community from its earliest days. Now a number of the people that I emailed agreed that draw the circle wide, both forms and reflects Spirit of Pieces, Theology, and Spirituality. And do you all know that one? (laughs) Draw the circle wide, draw the circle wide. No one stands alone. We'll stand side by side. Draw the circle wide. Draw the circle wide. Draw it wider still. Let this be our song. No one stands alone. Standing side by side draw the circle wide. And this psalm seems especially appropriate for a church that affirms all are welcome every Sunday and which opens the communion table to all regardless of what church or denomination you're a member of or if you're a member of none or even if you doubt the existence of God. God's circle is wide and we stand side by side To do our part in widening that circle. 2,000 years ago, the author of Ephesians urged don't dull yourselves with wine. Don't dull yourselves. Instead, be filled with God and be filled with God's Spirit. Sing praises to God. Let yourselves be formed and transformed in wisdom. And in all ways. And may we, the spirit of peace, (laughs) heed his words. Amen.